What's up, Benchwarmers? A bonus episode. We haven't had a bonus episode in a few weeks. We needed a little bit of a break, but it's the NFL draft week, so we had to come back. We had to give you our FEOTB mock draft, but you know it's it's us. We can't do it just the way that everybody else does. So what we did was we will be drafting, going back and forth, but Nico has to draft for the Bengals. I have to draft for the Broncos. So we work it out so that we kind of go back and forth and, and get even amount of picks in that way. But we go through the entire first round. The first 10 picks are going to be on our YouTube channel as well. Um, before we get into this, before we start drafting, follow us at FEOTB Pod, all our social medias, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Far End of the Bench, and wherever you're listening to this podcast, if it is not on the Unhinged Sports Network, unhingedsn.airtime.pro, subscribe on the podcasting app that you listen on. Leave a five-star rating and a review. If you leave a five-star rating, we'll read the review on the podcast. And it, be sure to catch our premieres every Wednesday on the Unhinged Sports Network, 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern, unhingedsn.airtime.pro. Um, but, yeah, Nico, I think we're about ready to get this first round underway. Are, are you going to do my Broncos dirty at 9? Uh, let's just say you might as well get used to Mac Jones. Oh, no, Jimmy, don't do that to me. Let's get this. I've had a large map pass bust my Couple beautiful girls tell me goodbye. Trucks break down, dogs run off, politicians lie being fired by the Bench warmers, welcome in. It is a bonus draft episode, mock draft, and Nico Nico and I I'll give Nico the credit because he came up with the idea initially. I know that I wanted to do a big draft episode and Nico came up with the concept. Um, so we're going to go through all the first round. You'll have the first 10 picks on our YouTube channel. It's going to be one of our clips for the week. And uh, the full this episode that you're listening to now, it's premiering on demand at Thursday at 1 p.m. It'll be replayed on the Unhinged Sports Network, unhingedsn.airtime.pro, tomorrow at noon Mountain Time, 2 p.m. Eastern. Um, but, Nico, this is going to be a lot of fun. Why don't you explain what we're going to be doing here? Because there's a little bit... Like, we're used to just doing the bare minimum production value-wise, but we got a little bit more stuff going into this. Yeah, so this isn't your normal mock draft. We're not just thinking what our team's going to do. Jimmy and I are playing a little bit versus battle. We are picking, so we are kind of trading off. After the top 10, we, we trade off, switch back and forth. But since we wanted to make it a little bit fun, Jimmy's going to be picking for the Broncos. I'll be picking for the Bengals. And we gr- we're going to alternate, basically, picking for different teams. We are going to compete. And after we draft the whole first round, we're going to decide, okay, which teams have the best drafts. Because mm-hmm. maybe maybe Jimmy picks the Kyle Pitts at four, and I, and I get pissed off because I have the Dolphins at seven. Or that's things that will just play out how we go along. And you will hear this sound. Every minute. So once one minute goes by, we'll have one minute to discuss either the pick before or the pick that's coming up um, going forward. Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll let you know who is picking for which team because, like we said, it just so happens that the Bengals and Broncos both have odd-number picks this year, so we can't go back and forth. But we'll make sure that you know who is the GM in the situation, and then we'll have, like Nico said, a minute discussion going into the draft. And we are making this mock draft simulation on the Draft Network com and I have Daniel Jeremiah's top 50 prospects pulled up and that's basically what I'm going to be going off of and I have my... and I have all the team needs and and w- the best players at each position there we go we're, so. we're getting we're ready to get into this far end of the bench mock draft first annual far end of the bench mock draft 
Um, so without further without ado, further ado Jim, or I am on the clock with the number one pick with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, Jimmy, it's pretty obvious what we think here, right? Yeah, I mean, really, unless there was a hell of a smokescreen played by somebody, that is going to be – it's pretty easy who you think is going to pick this one. It's been this guy – it's been this guy at this position – for three years now three since years. he won the national ever, ever championship ever in college. National champion, yep. And now we're finally at the point where it's it's time for him to become the next. He's been the next Andrew Luck, the next Peyton Manning. Now it's time for Trevor Lawrence to become the next number one overall The, the question is, though, with will he be have the, have the success of Jacksonville? Everyone thinks. I don't know, man. I'm not entirely positive. Because Jacksonville, I mean, no offense to our Jacksonville friends over there, but I don't think they, they can – they're going to be. He's going to be the team they win a Super Bowl with. I mean, new coach, new quarterback situations are hit or miss. It could be great. It could not work out. I think the one thing that we have to understand is that Trevor Lawrence is going to have a longer leash in Jacksonville than Urban Meyer. And with that, with the first pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, Nico, who do the Jacksonville Jaguars select? Jaguars select their next best quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. The best quarterback in the uh, history of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm going to put it down right now. The best quarterback in the history of the Jacksonville Jaguars right now. I think he has the possibility of being a great quarterback. Whether he wins a Super Bowl with them or not, I think is a big question. Because, look, there's no doubt about his talent. Mm. But the big question is, will he be able to win there? Because, look, no one is, no one is pictures Jacksonville as a championship contender. That's just the unfortunate part about it. I'll tell you, Mark Brunel is the next best, most next most successful quarterback in the history of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So he doesn't have very far to go. Now we're on the clock with the New York Jets. I am the general manager for the Jets. Uh, I'm gonna try and make Dom happy. Uh, my brother. I have a feeling you may go a couple different directions with this. It's really you could go a few different ways because. Uh, up until the point where they traded Sam Darnold, I think that they had a bunch of different possibilities on the table. They still could have drafted a quarterback, which is what I kind of think they're going to do. They could have gone somewhere else and maybe picked up a Kyle Pitts or one of these defensive guys that we're probably not going to see fall. So there's a lot interesting that, to do that with uh, after you trade Darnold. <laughs> yeah, well, now with the trade of Darnold, it's almost a lock as to what they're going to do. Like we said, the there's been a lot of different shows, and I agree. The draft doesn't start until pick number four. That's where the first uh, the draft actually starts, and, you, and we're going to start seeing people picked um, based on their actual level and not just because of the position that they play. But with that, with the second pick in the NFL draft, Jimmy is selects the Jets. The Jets select Zach Wilson, quarterback BYU. I mean, look, that's that's the almost lock. I think that number one and two are locked. I think, honestly, the Jets may make a dumb decision and may try to go for um, Justin Fields. But, I mean, all the rumors. Zach Wilson straight up asked Mark Sanchez what it's like playing in New York. Well, so. yeah, and, and really, would it be that stupid of a decision if they go Justin Fields? I, I get that Justin Fields has fallen pretty much off the face of the earth after the, after the national championship game. But what if that was just a really well-thought-out smokescreen by a team like the Jets who wanted to draft him all along? Who knows? It could be a situation like that where it was a smokescreen. But he's going to have a hell of a switch going from Draper, Utah to Manhattan, and now you're the face of the that New is, York Jets. That is a big switch-up, I'll tell you that. It's crazy. Is he ready for the big bright lights? That's the question. I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, he better be. Yeah, well, now with the third pick, I'm also the general manager for this one so that Nico can get the Bengals. I'll be doing pick three and four. Uh, so San Francisco 49ers with the third pick. 
I'm going to be what I think would be smart for them, and I'm going to have them draft Trey Lance because they're. I like that a lot. The I 49ers like lot. are in a position where they can let a guy like Trey Lance sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo for at least a season, because like we said, I, I said it in the episode that you heard yesterday. I've said it before. Trey Lance is 19 years old, and he hasn't had that much experience in college football. So getting him some experience sitting behind a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, with the roster that they have, Garoppolo can probably take him to 12 and four in a wild card spot. So they're not in a position that they have to draft a guy who can play right away. Insert Trey Lance and his freak athletics athleticism into the Kyle Shanahan offense. I really like that. So uh, that's who I have them picking. That's the right three. pick. If I was picking it as well, if I were you, I would have picked Trey Lance over Mac Jones mm. 100%. I think Mac Jones drops here a little bit. We'll, we'll see. talk about that a little bit later. But, yeah, Trey Lance should be the number three pick. Yeah. If they're that high on Trey Lance – it, it should be a no-brainer between those two because if they don't think Justin Fields should be the pick, it should be Trey Lance. Yeah, and I think I might surprise you with my fourth overall pick with Atlanta, so we might as well go ahead. With the fourth pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Atlanta Falcons select Kyle Pitts, tight end, quote-unquote receiver. Quote-unquote. From Florida. That's the important part there. Yeah. Uh, biz- biggest physical freak in the draft, bigger than Micah Parsons. Uh, longest arms ever recorded in NFL Combine history. That's to say something. And he's an absolute matchup nightmare. Is he a true tight end? I really don't count him as a tight end because he doesn't do – he never lined up in a position to block at Florida. But you saw how bad that Gator team was without him in the bowl game. He obviously carries some impact. And guys like Darren Waller, who are 6'6 and can run like deer, don't grow on trees. Matt Ryan's also not a quarterback that I think you need to replace right away. Well, I mean, so. look, the rumors out of Atlanta is they are kind of shopping Julio Jones. So that means this fourth pick, I think, is going to be Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase. Yeah. Because, look, if they think – maybe they go quarterback here. I take that back. Maybe they go quarterback here. But if they do move on from Julio and try to fully rebuild, I don't see why not taking – a Kyle Pitts to pair with Calvin Ridley. I think that'd be a great duo. Yeah, and you also have Hayden Hurst at the tight end position there, so it's not like they don't have weapons. Um, but now you're on the clock with the Bengals. With your team, Jimmy. Yeah. Am I going to do you dirty, or am I going to help make you happy? That's well, the let's question. just say whatever you do, whatever you decide to do, is going to dictate what dictate I do. Yeah, right, what I do. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. We ready for yeah, this one? we're ready. With the uh, fifth pick... In the 2021 NFL Draft, the Bengals select wide receiver Jamar Chase out of the University of Louisiana State. There you go. Look, I'm I'm I was I'm so big on Jamar Chase. I think he is going to be a number one receiver for many many years, and I am going to tune into Bengals games if Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are on the same team. I will probably buy a Joe Burrow white jersey off of Fanatics, which you can use. Yeah. I think. Look. Penny Sewell or Jamar Chase there, both good options. But I think Jamar Chase, the capability of you have him with Joe Burrow, I think that's just a match made in heaven. And, look, you can always get O-lineman in the second round, third round. That's why I'm like, Jamar Chase is that good. Because he is the most surefire receiver we've seen. I'm, I'm even counting last year because last year's receiver court was receiving class was very, very good. And I think Jamar Chase is a notch above all that. Yeah. And getting him at five, I think – I mean, look, I think the best player in this draft, I think, could be Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase. I think very easily, and getting him at five is a steal. Yeah, I really, I mean, there's 
plenty of offensive lineman depth in this draft, and the fact that Penny Sewell is no longer the slam dunk best offensive lineman in the draft, that's not somebody that you pick with the number five overall pick. So you go with the sure thing. There's a lot of people that are going to be mad about it. The national media is like, why would you? Uh, Kyle Brandt on Good Morning Football was like, Jamar Chase is a luxury TV, and Penny Sewell is fixing the front steps on your house and the foundation in your house. So it was like, eh, maybe. That foundation could also have a crack in it, so might as well go with the sure thing. Now, I'm on the clock, right? Yep, for the, you're on the clock Dolphins? with the Dolphins. All right. I, I think I'm ready for this one. With the sixth pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Jalen Waddle. Wow. Wide okay, receiver, there, Alabama. There's the first weird domino to fall. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, obviously with the Devontae Smith, that makes sense in the Tua connection, but – you got to remember Jalen Waddle was also on those teams. Still has the connection with Tua, so you're not necessarily taking away from him. And uh, Jalen Waddle can help you out in the return game, plus he's just an explosive freak whenever he's on the field and healthy, uh, notwithstanding the national championship game. But you can t- look at the national championship game and go, that guy's tough as hell for playing injured. As as good as he did, he had a couple catches. So. Yep. He, he is still a dog. So Jalen Waddle, number six to Miami, that's who I have. There. I mean, look, I think I think Miami definitely goes one of the, the Alabama receivers. Mm-hmm. I think it's either Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle there. I do give Jalen Waddle, the question is, is his health. Um, if you're the Dolphins scenario, you're a team that was almost a playoff team last year. So I don't know about swinging and missing on that. That's the only thing. I think like Devontae Smith may have a little more right now, when now mode. Jalen Waddle may be more of a product, but I don't hate that pick at all. Well, I'll tell you, if he gets drafted, if Jalen Waddle goes to Miami at the sixth pick, Philadelphia is going to lose their mind. Oh, yeah. Because that's who – they want speed, and they want a guy that can be a number one receiver, and here we go. Now you're going to be on the clock for the next two picks with uh, Detroit at seven. With the with the seventh pick, the Detroit Lions select Devontae Smith. Look, I I think Devontae Smith is is, is I think that we're gonna see three receivers in the top ten. I think it's gonna be Chase. I mean, you could technically throw Pitts in there as four, yeah. but you could throw Chase, Waddle, and Devontae Smith. I think Dolphins and Lions. I think those two picks are gonna swap. I think I think if if Waddle goes to the Dolphins and Devontae Smith falls to the Lions, I think Devontae Smith goes to the Dolphins. I think Waddle drops the Lions. I think those are two are interchangeable. But Devontae Smith, man, I think he is the type of guy that Jared Goff can build around. Because, look, when Jared Goff was with the Rams, he had good slot receivers. Mm-hmm. Cooper Cup was a slot receiver. Devontae Smith, I think, is more could be more lethal than Cooper Cup was. So that could fill in right, really nicely. Yeah, I think that those are great, great observations, and that could be a good fit. Now you're back on the clock with Carolina at number eight. Matt Rule um, and now Sam Darnold. We're going to figure out who the Panthers are going to select in the first draft selection of the Sam Darnold era in Charlotte. So uh, who do you, who are you going to have? Oh, shoot, I missed that timing out. There we go. There we go. <laughs> With the eighth pick, the With Carolina Panthers select. Penny Sewell. Penny Sewell. That's, that's where Penny Sewell falls for me. Um, look, if you're, if you're Carolina, I don't, I, the question is, does Carolina pick a quarterback here? I don't think so. I think they give Darnold a year to try it out. I think, look, 
it's between Rayshon Slater and Penny Sewell here. I think I give Sewell a slight edge, and if Sewell falls eight into the Carolina Panthers' lap, they can be very happy. Yeah. Um, if he falls that far down there and, and falls in their lap, they are going to be ecstatic. They get Christian McCaffrey back. Securing that edge is going to be huge, especially in that run game. Uh, Matt Rule, That's I think Penny Sewell is a Matt Rule kind of guy. Mm-hmm. I think that's the kind of guy that um, is going to set the tone on the offensive line, and the Panthers – it's going to take the burden off of Sam Darnold because he won't have to look over his left shoulder constantly like, who the hell's over there like yeah. he was on the Jets. It's so true. I think that makes life a little bit easier, and I'm going Penn State for the Panthers there. It was really t- tough with all of the – I mean, Justin Fields fell to the, that spot, and it's almost like if Justin Fields falls to Carolina, how can Matt Rule pass on a guy like that? It'd be a college-type quarterback in a college-type system. Uh, I think uh, now your Broncos – I'm on the clock with your Broncos yep. – at this point, we got Justin Fields, Rayshon Slater, Patrick Sertan, Micah Parsons, all still on the board. A lot of options that all, I like. All really, really good options. I'm interested. I mean, you really, you really didn't do me dirty with the Broncos. I don't want to do you dirty. I kind of want to give an out there opinion though. Oh, so man, go ahead, here we go. go ahead, play your chime. With the ninth pick, my Denver Broncos in the 2021 draft select. Justin Fields, oh, okay, quarterback, right. Ohio State. Okay, okay. That's mainly because the Broncos probably didn't expect him to fall that fall to them nine. They okay, probably that makes sense. I, I do think that they like Justin Fields. They've gone to both of his pro days, and he brings some things. It's competition for Drew Locke, and then in a couple years, if Drew Locke is either not the guy or he's going to be too expensive more than you want to pay, you'll have the young rookie to be able to take his place and everything like that. And I think, you know, Justin Fields, he's a product of a lot of smoke screens that picked up a lot of traction. I don't think that he doesn't love football. I don't think that he's the first one out of practice. He's not a pad. I don't see a Paxton Lynch situation with Justin Fields. That's what I, that's I'm all saying. I hope for, right? That's all I'm hoping for. Yeah. Really? In reality, do I think the Broncos are going to do that at nine? No. I think they probably draft Parsons or oh, Sertan. Please. I mean, but, honestly, every single option that we said – I'd be happy with. Yeah. I could sleep at night. Like I look, would really like Rayshon Slater at nine. That may be a little too high. That's the only thing. If 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 you really like Slater that much, I I, I would I mean, draft Slater at nine. That's, that's my thing. That's, that's big fair. ten Big Ten tackle. I mean, if, big if, nasty Big Ten. If tackle. the Panthers go go Justin Fields, based off what we've been doing off the mock draft, mm. then we go Sewell. Yeah. <laughs> then you true. go Sewell right away. I mean, I, like I said, I really can't tell. Like, Rayshon Slater and Penny Sewell are more and more even the more and more I watch both of them. So it's it's basically 1A and 1B there. I mean, that they're both I, – look, I, I'm, there's going to be some really good players going to fall to us yeah. because of how top-heavy these quarterbacks are and why people are so high on Mac Jones from whatever Mac reason. Jones is still on the board, if by Mac the way, Jones somehow – if the Broncos draft Mac Jones, if you would have drafted – I was thinking if about you would have done, I was thinking hey, about Hey, I did you good, so yeah. I was hoping that you would have helped no, me out a little bit. It was, it was out there, but it's – a good out there choice that's what i did for the broncos and like we said i'm not a bronco fan but i listen to the local sports station and that's all they talk about i understand what the broncos situation is and i have my own opinions on what they could do to get their situation better with that you're on now you're now jerry jones for the 10th pick i am jerry jones with the 10th pick and with the 10th pick the dallas cowboys select patrick sertan of the university of alabama look the cowboys have been needing a corner ever since they let Byron Jones walk to Miami. 
Their yeah. defense is trash. Anybody that they picked on defense is a 100% upgrade. Upgrade. So Sertan is the number one corner in this draft, no 100%. And I think, look, if Sertan was able to go at nine of Broncos, I'd be happy there too. Sertan is going to be a lockdown defender. And what the Cowboys need right now is some defensive help. Their yeah. offense is good enough that they can possibly do a lot more better things just how they are. Now you got to bolster your defense. Getting Sertan at 10 is a home run pick because he is probably the, the best defensive player. In, in Fitzpatrick. Yeah. No, no, no. Best defensive player in this draft. Oh, okay. In this draft. I not not, not Alabama. Coming out of Alabama. No, like, no, no. Minka Fitzpatrick yeah, yeah. is a nightmare for me. So, yeah, no, Minka. In this draft, best defensive player. And you get him at number 10, I think that's a steal. Uh, I, mean, yeah, I mean, any other year outside of a weird quarterback scenario, Sertan is a top five pick. And like we said, that's historic. That's the longest that a defensive player it took for a defensive player to be drafted. And that's going to be the end of that YouTube clip. So we'll have the first 10 picks on our YouTube channel, like we said. And uh, we're going to upgrade a little bit of the video. We'll have some graphics to go with everything. So be sure to check that out. And now let's get into the rest of it. I am on the clock with the New York Giants. Funny enough, that's my other brother's favorite team and my cousin's favorite team. Dang, your brother likes both New York teams. That's uh, tough. Uh, that's tough. <laughs> And with the 11th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the New York Giants select Micah Parsons, linebacker, Penn State. Uh, I think that Parsons, overall talent-wise, on both sides of the ball, probably, I mean, definitely a top-five talent, possibly a top-three talent with the athleticism that he carries. And nowadays in the NFL, if you have a sideline-to-sideline linebacker, that's going to be very helpful. And they still have Blake Martinez up there in New York. So it's not like their defense is terrible. They probably could have used some offensive line, but if you have Parsons sitting there and you have Rayshon Slater sitting there, I would rather go with the Micah Parsons, who's going to give you the impact that you need to not have to score 45 points to win games. So that, I feel like that's a decent pick for Yeah, I mean, I, I love Parsons, man. I think Parsons is going to be a really, really good inside linebacker yeah. for a lot of years. Um, I think he has the potential to be absolutely outstanding. So, I mean, look, if Parsons fell all the way to 11 and the Giants had him in, in their lap, I think that's a no-brainer. Yeah. Now you're on the clock with Philadelphia, which will be interesting. This is where things get a little bit interesting, right? <sighs> I'm, oh man, I'm up in the air. Who do you one. think did the best at rock paper scissors? That's what we got to think about with Philadelphia. With the what pick is it? Number twelve pick, the Philadelphia Eagles select Mac Jones. Yep, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Here's your first what the fuck moment. Yep, the Philadelphia Eagles select Mac Jones. Look, I don't think they're sold on on uh, on uh, um, what's his face. Gosh dang it! I I apologize. Jalen Hurts. Hurts. There we go. I don't think they're sold on Jalen Hurts. I think they're going to be idiots and they're going to draft a quarterback. Cause look, Wild didn't fall. Devontae Smith didn't fall. Sewell didn't fall. Their Sertan didn't follow them. This is the nightmare scenario for the Philadelphia Eagles, and I think they panic and they pick a quarterback in Mac Jones. I it's, it's out there a lot. And I think I think it's a weird scenario, but I could see it happening. Man, they have both of the Alabama rejects in the quarterback room. <laughs> they do, yeah. Uh, Jalen Hurts and Mac Jones. Wow, I was not expecting that. I'll be a hundred. Kind of out of left field. I know, I know. Because look, I don't think I, they. If everyone thinks Mac Jones is a top three pick and he falls the Eagles, Eagles are gonna take that bait with flying. Flying colors. Yeah, no, I, I see what you're... I'm trying to piss off Philadelphia fans more than anything. It's, 
a hundred percent. Like, oh yeah. And the fact that I said that Nick Sirianni is going to worry about who played rock paper scissors over Zoom the best because that's what he came out and said. Now I'm on the clock with the Los Angeles Chargers and this please one, do this team dirty, please, well, Jenny. Los Angeles. I'm going to have them pick. You know what? I think they're going to go pass rush to try and compete and get after. They saw what they saw what Tampa Bay did in the Super Bowl against Kansas City. They're going to go with a pass rush. They're going to get Jalen Phillips out of Miami, who is considered you know, him and Quiddy Pay are the two top edge rushers in this year's draft, and uh, he is a first round talent at 13. I don't think that they can do much else with the guys that are left on the board right now. Rayshon Slater. They don't really don't need that much offensive line help. J.C. Horn, they just they have Chris Harris. I see them going with uh, edge rusher over cornerback just to try and get it after Patrick Mahomes and compete in the AFC West. So uh, I have them taking. Yeah, Jaylen I mean, look, Phillips. you have to have pass rushers. Having another guy on the other side, Nick Boza, mm-hmm. I think that's a home run. Yeah, and uh, oh man, who's the? Oh, not Nick Bosa. Joey Bosa. Wow. Bo- yeah. Nick Bosa is on the 49ers. Nick Bosa is on the 49ers. Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. Melvin yep. Ingram got hurt last year, so it's a little bit of depth at a, a position that they're pretty good at. Um, now you're on the clock. 14th overall pick, the Minnesota Vikings. Who, who's going up there, up north there, next to the border, eh? There, there's some options here that are really intriguing. Rayshon Slater. Following this far is very, very interesting to me. Um, but with the Vikings, um, man, oh, man. I'm, oh, shoot, not the ad on my phone. I'm, I'm kind of scrambling because I'm kind of lost here. Give me a second. I'm going to go with cornerback Caleb Farley. There you go. Caleb Farley. Um, Caleb Farley, second best corner in this draft. I think Sertan is obviously the number one guy. Um, when it comes to Caleb Farley, he is going to be a guy that, that can lock up defenders. And mm-hmm. having Justin Jefferson on one side of the field, I think if being in that division where you have the Allen Robinsons or the Devontae Smiths, I think that's going to be very, very, very key. Um, and, and having Caleb Farley there I think is a dream. Yeah, I mean, Devontae Smith is a matchup nightmare. We saw that. We called the Packers playoff game against the Rams, and he's just able to do whatever he, he needs to or wants to. If you can get a guy that can shut down half the field, you might as well. Now I'm back on the clock with the New England Patriots. I know we both don't want this team to do well. No. The unfortunate thing is is that their coaching staff is smart. Yep, that's and with true. that, I am going to have the New England Patriots at number 15 select Rayshon Slater, right tackle out of Northwestern. I really think that they want one of these quarterbacks to fall. Like, I, if Mac Jones, if you didn't have Mac Jones going to uh, – New England, he would have been right there. Yeah, he, he would have – I think that they would have probably drafted him because they love those guys. Like we said, Mac Jones is Jimmy G 2.0. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't he get drafted there with all the weapons that they're accumulating in free agency? So that's who I have the 40, or the Patriots selecting, bolstering some offensive line play after bringing back Trent Brown and everything like that too. Rayshon Slater is a little bit smaller, so he can play 6'4", 310, so not a small guy, but – he can play guard, and he has the athleticism to play guard as well as tackle. Um, pairs very well with Isaiah Wynn, who they got out of Georgia a couple years ago, too. Mm-hmm. I'm a nerd for offensive line play, if you couldn't tell. Oh, very much so, Jimmy. All right, now you're on the clock with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, my buddy, who's an Arizona Cardinals fan, didn't even know that this is where they were picking. So, Garrett, shame on you. But I mean, who do I... you have the, the Redbirds taking? Oh, shoot. Let me restart the sound. There we go. <laughs> 
Who man with with the uh, what pick are we on? We are on the sixteenth pick. Sixteenth pick, the uh, Arizona Cardinals will select Elijah Vera Tucker. Hmm. I th- look, I, he is one of the better offensive line coming out of USC. He's a big boy. Yes, six four, three hundred. The dude is an absolute animal. And look, the Cardinals. I think they're. It's very. It's way too high to draft a running back, in my opinion. Um, I think they bolster their offensive line. You, your defense is pretty good. Their yeah. defense is still stacked. They I can get see, Chandler Jones coming back this year. Yeah, and Chandler Jones and JJ Watt. Mm-hmm. Their offense. Look, if they can get some sort of running game to make life easier on Kyler Murray, that's a dream come true. Um, with with the selection of Elijah Vera Tucker, you get a big guy on your left side that is six eight inches taller than Kyler Murray. Yeah. So somewhere along those Everybody, lines. Everybody, I mean, Kyler Murray is going to look like a child there. That's that's a given. The good thing about Vera Tucker, too, is he's versatile on the offensive line. He can play tackle. He can play inside. So Yeah, and that's that's the kind of guy I think that the Cardinals need, honestly. Yeah, because, uh, obviously. Because you have the receiver core, DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green. Your defense is pretty damn it's good. It's the same offensive scheme, too. Air raid in the college game. It's He's going to Cliff Kingsbury's offense, and he runs an air raid in the NFL. Yeah. I don't I – don't, I see where you went with – because – some people will say Tevin Jenkins, Christian Derrishaw, mm-hmm. two offensive linemen that are better, but those are two tried and true tackles. If you want a guy that could be go anywhere, yeah. guard or tackle, versatility is a underrated skill that an offensive lineman can have. The best offensive lineman of all time is probably Bruce Matthews, and he played. He was an All Pro at all five positions mm-hmm. on the offensive line. That's how versatile he was. So I like that one. And you picked an offensive lineman. I'll never get yeah, mad at an that. offensive yeah. lineman <laughs> getting picked top twenty. Um, now I'm back on the clock with the Oakland Raiders, and Oakland. Mm, I see them going linebacker. Honestly, uh, at this point, the best offensive player left on the board is Najee Harris, and it's you don't they don't don't draft a running yeah. back inside the tw- top twenty, and don't draft a running back when you have Josh Jacobs. Uh, oh. Excuse me. So I think they're going linebacker, and I think they pick Jeremiah Owusu Kormoa out of Notre Dame. I have no idea how to spell that. So we'll, yeah, we'll you just put J O K. J O K. Yeah. Um, that's who out of Notre Dame. Another sideline to sideline guy. It's smaller than Micah Parsons. He's not two forty. He's like two hundred. So he can be. Uh, he compares very well to Derwin James, uh, safety linebacker hybrid or an Isaiah Simmons if you wanted to go back to last year. I mean, if he's an Isaiah Simmons, that's a home run. I I don't know if he's as talented, but that's the position he kind of plays, and he's fast. I mean, he's going to add a lot of speed, and we all know the ghost of Al Davis wants speed in the first round for the Raiders. That's all he wants. That's all he he ever wants. Speed, baby, speed. Speed kills and just win. Now, with the 18th pick, the Miami Dolphins select Nico. Quiddy Pay. Hmm. Look, the Dolphins, look, they got your offensive weapon and Jalen Waddle in the first round, as you as you had them earlier. Now I think they go defense to bolster their edge. They lost um, Kyle Van Noy back to the Patriots. Yeah. I think they get an upgrade, or not an upgrade, but they get an edge guy in Quiddy Pay. They don't really have an edge rusher. Yeah, they, they, have, they don't have one at all. And I think yeah. he steps in as a starter day one. I think he's a guy that they can plug in right away. And in that division with the, with the Josh Allens and the um, – or I guess Zach Wilson's now. You're gonna need some. You're gonna need someone to be able to Cam get to the Newton. quarterback. Yeah, Cam Newton. Grabs to have someone to set that edge. I think Quiddy Pay. Quiddy Pay was a top ten pick at one point projected, but since it's so offensive heavy at the yeah. top, he fell a little bit. And I think it's a dream come true for him to fall that far. No, him and Jalen Phillips would probably be top ten picks if it's any other year in the draft. 
Uh, Pay, also one of the greatest stories in this year's draft. Parents are immigrants from Africa and fled an oppressive government and brought him to the United States, and this is his way of trying to give back to his family. So uh, NFL Network's putting out a lot of good material on the background of these draft picks, and Pay was one of my favorites. I, I like him a lot. Um, in my original mock draft, he went number two to the Jets because oh, yeah, that was before that, they yeah. traded Sam Darnold, remember? I do yeah. remember that, yeah. Uh, remember, you remember. Now, num- pick number 19, the Washington football team. And I could be really mean here. I don't I'm, – I'm probably I, – I don't – I'm not going to, uh, to be honest. I, I think – they're, they're going to have to go quarterback later on in the draft. There's not one that fell to them, unfortunately. If they're not aggressive in trade up at this point with the people left, I think they probably take a guy like a Tevin Jenkins, who is out of Oklahoma State, an offensive tackle. Um, big guy, and Oklahoma State offensive linemen have been fairly successful. And it's just added insurance for whoever you're going to bring in to play quarterback because right now they have Fitzmagic. Obviously, they're going to bring somebody in in the draft later on, I think, and they're going to have – we've seen what happens to quarterbacks in Washington. You need protection for them. Need it. Tevin, need Tevin it will be able to do that from Oklahoma State. So I'm going offensive line there at number 19 for Washington. That's, I mean, I don't hate that one at all. I think Washington, whoever they have at quarterback, I mean, I don't even – It's going to be Fitzpatrick to Fitzpatrick, start. Fitzpatrick, yeah, Fitzpatrick to start, but it's going to be interesting. With the next pick. 20th overall pick. 20th overall pick. The Bears also a team that a quarterback didn't follow in. Um, so I'm going to go I'm gonna go D-line here. I'm going to go Christian Barrymore. Because, look, the Bears, you got to have inside, inside line play, especially in that division where there's a lot of good running backs and a yeah. lot of downhill teams. Christian Barrymore, I think, is going to fit in right in with the, with the Bears' um, scheme of things. There's not a quarterback they can draft there. I think maybe later on, fourth, fifth round, whatever, maybe they can grab Kellen Mond. Yeah. But unfortunately, Zach, Danny Dalton, you're the guy right now. So you pick Christian Barrymore at, at uh, pick number 20. Shout out Good Iron Gallery podcast and cover six. Be sure to I'm, – I'm sure we're going to have our uh, – Nico and I and Kelsey have to do the um, – we're gonna do some tests. I can't Wonderlick test. Wonderlick, yeah. Since we were all, I mean, I'm the host, and Nico lost the regular season, and or I lost, lost the regular season. Nico lost the postseason, yeah. so we'll have that coming out. But sh- shout out Zach and the Gridiron Gallery podcast. Now with the 21st overall pick, another guy that's on our uh, Cover Six show. DJ is a Colts fan, and the Indianapolis Colts select. Uh, why not? J.C. Horn, quarter cornerback from South Carolina. I was going to take him here for one of my teams coming up. Yeah. That's a good pick. Is t- true value ranked 12th on the draft network, which is what we're simulating this draft on. So it's good good value, and there's not a guy that I can – I mean, nobody else for the Colts really makes a whole lot of sense. Now they have Carson Wentz. Uh, maybe you – know, I don't think that <clears throat> there's a receiver that you could take there. Uh, the only other guy – I could see maybe going was uh, Leatherwood or uh, Derisaw, uh, offensive line. So that's who I have at 21 for the Colts. For the next pick, we got the Tennessee Titans. For the Tennessee Titans, they look to replace Davion Clowney right away. They take Gregory Rasula. 
Rosa something edge rusher from the University of Miami. Six okay. foot six, two sixty. Is a big boy off the edge. And look, the Titans, their defense is obviously their weak weak part. Um, their offense runs off number twenty two. Derrick Henry is coming in strong, and I think the Titans here getting an edge rusher um, is gonna is gonna be big time for them. Um, getting getting uh, Rasua, who's who's a um, who opted out oh, of the Gregory season. Rousseau. Yeah, Rousseau, there we go. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know what I was saying. You're no, the, I got I, I yeah. just had to – I was trying to find it here. But he – I mean, he has quick speed for a big guy, and I think that's a guy that's going to start right away and get a, get the Titans a little bit of an edge rush. Not bad. I, I mean, Miami had a, a deadly pass rush in college football this year if you were able to watch any of the Hurricanes games. So it's a good pick at, at that position. Like we said, you can never have enough great edge rushers in whatever division you play in. And uh, for the Titans, they lack that severely. Very, so very le- much Letting so Jarrell badly. Casey go two years ago was the worst decision that they made. And then Jadavion Clowney being hurt for so long, yeah. that hurt them big time. It was not good for them. So now the Jets are back on the clock at number 23, part of the Jamal Adams trade from Seattle. So with the 23rd pick in the NFL draft, I'm going to have the Jets. They're going to get some insurance for that quarterback they drafted number two overall and they are going to draft Alex Leatherwood actually you know what they're gonna go Darisaw sorry I I, I called an audible a little bit audible there Darisaw Jimmy is uh, picking for the Bengals in the second round already yeah (laughs) letting Leatherwood fall to the Bengals no 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 so (laughs) Darisaw Darisaw now will be drafted offensive tackle out of um one second here offensive tackle out of Virginia Tech Virginia Tech's an underrated program they're tough and their offensive line has always been great. And like I said, got to ensure that number two overall pick. Zach Wilson's not the biggest guy. And uh, got to make sure that he stays upright back there. Not having to worry about Greg Williams will help. But getting some offensive line help is good, too. <clears throat> Schittsburg on the clock. The Schittsburg Steelers. With the, with the Pittsburgh. You better make Rev happy. With the Pittsburgh Steelers, they select Travis Etienne. Hmm. Running back out of Clemson. Look, Travis Etienne, a lot of Mac drafts having him falling out of the first round. But, look, running backs are good. And they lost James Conner. And I think having a guy like Travis Etienne to help out whoever's that quarterback for them, I don't know who it will it's be. Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger. Right if now, he gets hurt, it's then, Rod- then it's Rod- Dwayne Rod- Haskins. Um, but Etienne, I think, is going to be a great running back in this league. And Pittsburgh has no running running backs whatsoever. No, that and, that hurts me because I wanted him to be falling hey, you, to the Broncos. Najee Harris is still on the board. Maybe I he get falls. that, but uh, I don't think that he's falling out of the first. Yeah, round. look, Etienne is is a damn good running back. I think he is a first round talent. I think obviously this this draft is top heavy with offensive linemen and quarterbacks, but running backs are kind of getting overshadowed. Mm-hmm. And Etienne is a top fifteen pick usually in every other draft. Leading rusher in Clemson football history and one of the top rushers in ACC. ACC history all time don't let the down season last year fool you he is still going to be a playmaker at the next level now I'm back on the clock and it is the Jacksonville Jaguars after they picked Trevor Lawrence after they picked Trevor Lawrence hmm and and this is an interesting spot because Jacksonville is one of those teams that they need a lot of players but some of them like some positions like running back they're good they have James Robinson uh, wide receiver, they do have LaVisca Chenault, so they don't necessarily need to draft weapons right away for a guy like Trevor Lawrence, but it obviously wouldn't hurt. With the people that are 
left on the board at this moment and going off of some of the needs that the Jaguars have. Cornerback is a pretty big need for them at this point. Greg Newsom out of Northwestern was an absolute stud. Um, I think that they're going to go position of need, and cornerback is a big position of need. So Jacksonville's picking Greg Newsom II out of Northwestern with the 25th overall pick. I mean, Jacksonville, you get a quarterback of the future and an offensive uh, lineman of the future, right? Cornerback. Cornerback, cornerback of the future. So, wow, I'm way off. I mean, they, the last time they made it deep in the playoffs, they had A.J. Bouye and, and uh, Jalen Ramsey. Greg Newsom's not either of those guys. I mean, he could beat A.J. Bouye easily, but I think that it's a good young pick, and Northwestern's defense was badass last year. Oh, New, New, Northwestern was a very underrated team mm-hmm. in college football last year. All right, now 26. The Cleveland Browns are picking 26. How about that? Who would have thought that? They're in the playoff picks. With the 26th pick, right? 26th pick, Mm -hmm. the Cleveland Browns, um, where is he? Select, oh, my God, I just lost him. Jalen Mayfield, offensive tackle out of Michigan. Wow. The Browns get their gym, or, wow, I am. Oh, my God. Joe Thomas. There it is. They get their Joe Thomas. They've been kind of scrambling back and forth for offensive linemen. Yes, interior offensive linemen may be their need more more, more than their tackle. But I think when you can move Mayfield easily into the left tackle or right you, tackle. You could also move Jedrick Wills, too. Jedrick Wills played inside at Alabama. Exactly. And that's, I think that, that secures up your offensive line because, look, the Browns can run the damn ball. Yeah. And having one of the best offensive lines in the game – I think that makes it a dream right there. Well, they already have Conklin, but they they suffered a lot of injuries on the offensive line in their playoff run. That's just good depth. I, I really like Jalen Mayfield. I said that he was good in our episode last week as well. So I, I think that's a good pick for the Browns. Look at that. The Browns making a good decision. And you got two Mayfields on the, te- on yeah. the offense at the same Baker time. Baker and Jalen. Baker and Jalen. Mayfield magic. There we go. Staying in the AFC North, the 27th pick, the Baltimore the other, Ravens. The other team you hate. <laughs> The Ravens, they need a lot of help offensively now, and, you know, you picked one of the guys that I thought they could take. I think they're going to go Alex Leatherwood at this position. Mm, you know what? I'm going to call another audible, actually. Sorry. Another audible. Here we go. I, apo- I apologize for that. I think that they're going to probably pick him up at the, the other pick that they they acquired in their trade today. They're going to go Aziz Ojulari. Edge rusher from Georgia. I'll just put Aziz down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Aziz Ojolari out of Georgia. Good, strong pass rusher. And the Ravens, they win their championships when they have good defense. That's a good defensive pickup in a position that they do need. They need an edge rusher, so why not get a guy like Ojolari, who is rushing rushing the tackles that were picked earlier on in this draft. He's, He's gone up against good competition at 27. That's who the Ravens take for me. Yeah, I mean that's 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 a good pick. I'll be honest with you, it's a really good pick. Now you got twenty eight and the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> like like I said, we're 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 getting us a minute in between each pick, yeah. so sometimes we gotta scramble a little well, bit. We don't have to make the pick right away, but that's that's who is on the clock, that's who Nico is drafting for. And let's look at the team needs cornerback, wide receiver, edge rusher, linebacker, they're basically uh, Defense, defense is what. Which you're is kind of crazy because the Saints defense was pretty good all year. They did lose a lot of players. Yeah, that's kind of their thing. Yeah, I mean that's they, they lost a lot of dudes there. Um, you know what? I'm gonna go here. I'm gonna go a little bit, a little bit surprising. I'm gonna go with. Um, I hear me chime with me. <laughs> with the 
What pick are we on? Gosh, 28th. 28th pick. The New Orleans Saints select Kadarius Tony, wide receiver out of Florida. Um, look, Tony is Tony is a. If it weren't for the top heavy receivers, Tony would be a very very higher pick. Mm. But Tony here. You can pair a receiver there, make Michael Thomas's life a little bit easier. One of the reasons why they, they brought in um, Emmanuel Sanders in the offseason last year was so they could give him another a weapon yeah. and make life easier on Jameis and make life easier on Tameis Taysom Hill, whoever it may be. And by bringing in Tony, I think that may be a little bit of a quiet sleeper steal because he's a good receiver that – could be a day two pick, and maybe a second, early second round pick that is going to make one team very happy. Yeah, that's a good spot to pick up a guy like that. I, I think that's a good. Uh, Kadarius Tony was probably the most explosive guy in college football last year. Every single time he had the ball, he almost took it to the house, um, and also didn't play in that bowl game for Florida. So that's yep. if people want to start talking about Spencer Rattler as the next Heisman, he didn't play against the true Florida team. That's all I'm going to say about that. 29th pick, the Green Bay Packers. Will J- I'm going to make Aaron Rodgers happy. I'll be. Te- I'll tell you right you're now. You're not. You're not picking another quarterback here, uh, Kyle I'm, Trask. I'm not picking another. You're quarterback. not giving Kyle Trask to the Packers. No, no, no. <laughs> um, by the way, the Broncos are rumored to be in the trade talks for That's Jordan true. Love. Um, <clears throat> Elijah Moore, wide receiver out of Ole Miss. This you is, got him a weapon. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Ladies and gentlemen, we have history. For the first time in Aaron Rodgers' career, the Packers select an offensive weapon yeah. in the, in the first, first round. round. I got him a receiver in the first round. Give uh, – give. let's not beat around the bush here. Valdez, Scantling, anybody else besides Devontae Smith are not the number two receivers in this offense. Bobby Tunyon was the two, two, two receiver in this offense. Now you add a guy – like Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss. We've seen what A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf are doing. Ole Miss, they were the NWO for a while, the nasty wideouts, and that was their thing. When Miami had the turnover chain, they had the NWO belt. I like Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss. I think that's a good pick for the Packers team that needs to get something out of the twilight of Aaron Rodgers' career. I think, I mean, I mean, we're, we're trying our best to help them out here, but if they landed Tony or – like you said, the guy you just picked. Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore, I think that'd be a dream come true. Yeah. Now, number 30 pick, Buffalo Bills, Bills Mafia. With the number 30 pick, the Buffalo Bills select Najee Harris, running back out of Alabama. Ooh. What was one thing that the Bills could not do all year? Run the ball. Run the ball. <laughs> so, let's give you a running back. Najee Harris and Travis Etienne. If Etienne falls to number 30, this is Etienne right here, I think. Mm-hmm. I think if Etienne does go a little bit earlier to the Pittsburgh Steelers like I picked, I think he's the pick here. But Najee Harris is a pretty damn good running back. And there's a reason why Alabama running backs not named Trent Richardson do well in the NFL. Yeah. Like, no, there's an argument to be made of whether or not Harris is the number one running back or ETN. It's really 1A, 1B, like we said, with a couple other positions. It could be either one is good for both of them and the bills i i like the guy that they have out of iowa state he just can't make his own holes Najee harris can make his own holes oh yeah. if if he gets pause a little that, bit of space yeah <laughs> pause he, on he's, that. he's deep into the holes no pause and uh he's gonna do well in bills in this draft simulation now the ravens back on the clock i said i called an audible earlier they with the number 31 pick Draft Alex Leatherwood, offensive tackle out of Alabama. 
Not the best offensive lineman out of Alabama this year. I reserve that for Landon Dickerson, which we can talk about after the draft because he's going to be a whole story I, within itself. I thought itself. Dickerson was a little bit of a center guard combo. That's yeah, but he's the Leatherwood is the best tackle from exactly, Alabama. Yeah. Dickerson is the best overall lineman. Gotcha. Um, that's who they pick at thirty-one to make up for losing Orlando Brown in the big trade with Kansas City. So that's who I they mean, have that, at thirty-one. That, that must be honestly. They are they are one hundred percent picking a tackle with one of those two picks. Yeah. I don't think there's any doubt about that. No, that's that's why I was hesitant because their first pick is at twenty seven, so it's not a great spot. But there's some guys, thirty one. If you get Alex Leatherwood at thirty one, that is some really good value for a guy that's going to be um, good for a while. So that's who. Uh, as much as it pains me to say, I helped out the Ravens there with Alex you, Leatherwood you at thirty one. Yeah. Well, with the final pick. The defending Super Bowl champs. Oh, shoot. Let me restart that. Wow. Okay, there we go. Man, there's a lot of different directions that I could go here. I could give them another linebacker to make it the deadliest linebacking core in, in NFL history. I could, But you know what? I'm going to go with um, – oh, man. Should I, oh, man. It's between the two guys I got at the top of my head right now. Um, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go this way. I'm going to go with Terrace Marshall Jr., wide receiver at LSU. I think we see another receiver off the board. Look, Chris Godwin, you have him on a franchise tag, Mm -hmm. and you're probably going to lose him next year. There's probably a good shot he doesn't come back next year. After after he plays this season out, I think they lose him a little bit. Having a guy from LSU, Terrace Marshall um, Jr., I think he could be a really, really – um, unique guy that could fit in perfectly that he could learn under Mike Evans and learn under Chris Godwin. Cause look, the Buccaneers returned it returned almost every everybody. single, They've every, re- they, returned they resigned everybody. everybody. They resigned everybody. So I think Marshall is a guy that they can try to build up to be the next good receiver on that team. Yeah, no, I mean, Terrace Marshall talk about that 2019 LSU offense. Again, he was the third, he was the third head of that three headed monster. Uh, you can throw Thaddeus Moss in there Thaddeus too, Moss but it was, too, yeah, it was Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Terrace Marshall, Thaddeus Moss. By the way, Thaddeus Moss got signed to the Bengals as an undrafted free agent. I'm just going to put that out there. Um, but, yeah, that's the first round of our mock draft. We're going to break it down here. But first, we're going to go to a break and hear a couple messages from our partners on the Unhinged Sports Network on the far end of the bench. Bonus NFL draft extravaganza. Bench warmers, thank you guys for listening to the Unhinged Sports Network. And we wanted to talk about Fanatics once again, our oldest partner, our very first partner on the Unhinged Sports Network. You can still use their link in our bio and make your purchase because there's new jerseys coming out on that site. And, and not just jerseys and shirts, it's anything merchandise-wise. Uh, all of the podcasts on the Unhinged Sports Network talk about it at FEOTB Pod to find the link in our bio and use that to buy your shirt. They've got promo codes every single day. Um, great, great deals, great content, great, great merchandise that you can get. Nico, what are some of the things that they can find on the Fanatics website through our link that they can buy? Well, I mean, it's it's March, it's April, man. This we have lots of good stuff play. coming, but the best time of March is the conference tournaments for college basketball yes, and all those beautiful warm-ups that they use throughout the tournament. If you see a dude losing his mind on the bench with a sick warm-up uh, through, while you're watching the tournament, go to use the Fanatics ad, go get you one of the warm-ups from those universities and go get support your favorite teams because all those 
just sick warm-ups, like I said. Sick jerseys, whatever it may be. Lots of good stuff. And the All-Star game just happened. NBA All-Star game happened. Go get you a Nicole Jokic jersey. I'm not sure what the color looks like right now because we're recording before. But go get you a Nicole Jokic jersey. Go get you... <coughs> Excuse me, all-star warm-ups. I got an all-star warm-up jacket off Fanatics. Go use, but you have to use that link. Make sure you use that link. Yeah, Fanatics, the best place for a sports fan. Get all your different merchandise that you need. Link in our bio at FEOTB Pod. Help out the Unhinged Sports Network and support your favorite team. Benchwarmers, we have another new partnership that we're talking about, Atemi Sports. We reached out to them, and they were gracious enough to offer us an affiliate position. So we have a new link in our link tree, at FEOTB Pod, Instagram and Twitter. Go there, because they got great resistance bands for working out. Also good resistance bands for PT if you're having to overcome an injury, because I know we have a lot of uh, athletes that listen to the show, and then also with the men's league, we might have to invest in some Atemi Sports bands so that we can recover after games. Yeah, we're going to have to stress ourselves out for sure. But, I mean, it's a weird world we're living in. Gyms being closed, whatever it may be. Um, wherever you are in the country, check out Timmy Sports because, like I said, those bands are great for at-home workouts. If you don't have much, you use a cheap price, just go through our link. You can check out whatever they have um, and get you a quick workout in, not even 30 minutes every single day, and stay in shape during these tough times. Yeah, use the link in our link tree and make your purchase through that way. It comes a little bit back to us so we can continue to make good content for you guys and continue to uh, work through our tec technical difficulties that we've been dealing with throughout this show. So Atemi Sports, follow them on Instagram, at Atemi Sports, also on Twitter, and then use the link in our link tree when you go and buy your, your workout equipment and your resistance bands. Welcome back. We finished the first round of our FEOTB mock draft. We were scrambling at the end. Well, <laughs> I mean, like we said, we put a little bit more production value. The fact that we got the chime in on every single pick. Oh, whether it was, I mean, it wasn't on cue every whether time. Whether it wasn't on cue or not, we got it in on every single pick. And uh, this is, this reminds me a lot of the center of attention episode that I put out. I was That one was a complete live reaction to the pick. And I would start it once I heard the chime on the recording. I recorded that in 32 separate segments. That's Dude, it was that, dedication. That's dedication. But also, it was the first week of quarantine, and I was up at Gunnison. Oh, we had so to I was do, yeah. locked in my room, so nothing really else to do. But let's talk about uh, the, the stipulation for this was that you picked for the Bengals, I picked for the Broncos, and if you're first time listening to this, Nico's a Broncos fan, I'm a Obviously, diehard Bengals yeah. fan. <laughs> it's been 38 episodes, and we're the number one podcast on the Unhinged Sports Network. I don't know how the fuck you haven't heard of us Heard before. about that yet. But <laughs> while you're here, give us a follow, at FEOTB Pod. Um, but the Bengals pick, you pick Jamar Chase, wide receiver out of LSU, uh, the number one wide receiver from that 2019 LSU Tigers offense that was just – it's probably the best in college football history. Yep. Um, what was your kind of rationale behind that? Look, I like Penny Sewell. There's no doubt about that. I like Penny you Sewell. Like, you would like Penny Sewell to follow the Broncos. I would very much like that to happen. But, look, Jamar Chase – all you have to do, I've been saying this for weeks now, all you have to do is just go watch LSU highlights and see who Joe Burrow's favorite target was. Mm. It wasn't Justin Jefferson. It was Jamar Chase. That's true. And one of the reasons why the offense was so deadly was because when Justin Jefferson was having a game, Jamar Chase was having a better game. Like, whenever Joe Burrow got in trouble, the first guy he looked at was Jamar Chase. Yeah. No. And that's just a can't miss for me. I think yeah. – 
I think Jamar Chase is going to be your number one receiver for the next ten years, and that's and that's and you have a quarterback receiver duo that will last you for a long, long Plus time. Plus T Higgins. Plus T Higgins, and you can throw Plus back Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon. That's an offense that's Plus very Tyler Boyd. That's entertaining. That's an offense that's very entertaining. Plus Thad Moss. Yeah. No, it it makes a lot of sense. And uh, Jamar Chase, if you want to talk about just the connection with a guy. And it it's, speaks volumes. Joe Burrow came out and gave Jamar Chase nothing but praise about his offensive IQ. He's not just a fast guy. That's how he gets open. He understands the – there is an art behind route running. You have to fake out the de- defensive back, make him think you're going one way. And Joe Burrow says Jamar Chase is one of the best receivers that he's ever seen do that. Think about all those Heisman moments from Joe Burrow's 2019 season. The play against Georgia, he scrambles around, gets away from the pass rush. Who does he find down the field? Jamar Chase. Chase. And against Florida, and that was a, a very hyped-up game. That was before anybody took LSU really serious in the top ten, and they're going up against Kyle Trask, Kadarius Tony, all these big-time guys on Florida in LSU in Death Valley. They need a touchdown to go down and win the game. Who do they go? Jamar, Jamar Chase. Chase. Go back to the second week of that season against Texas. ESPN. I think uh, Texas is back. Sam Ellinger, fuck this Joe Burrow guy. He got his ass kicked in the UCF game. I know. I've come a long way in these two years uh, as to where I stand on Joe Burrow. Play of the game. Third down, 18. LSU, it, they're going to run the ball and punt, right? No. What do they do? Joe Burrow finds Jamar Chase for a 45-yard touchdown to seal that game. On a third down and 18 play. This is such a f- – ladies and gentlemen, you may, be, you may be listening to the biggest switch off I've ever seen in my life. Jimmy has gone from full, give me the penny sword, let me die. It's Whoa. like, give me Jamar Chase or let me die. What are the two? <laughs> that's, that's the thing. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to call myself I, – I know more about football than the average person. I know more about football than the above average fan. I've played it. I used to fall asleep on my dad's chest watching ESPN. This is what I wanted to do. If I didn't play in the NFL, I wanted to be an NFL analyst. So I like to think that I know what I'm talking about here. But that's also a downfall when you're looking at the NFL draft. And you have all of this information. And at first, I was like, Penny Sewell, Penny Sewell, Penny Sewell. If I draft Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase is going to be running down the field and Joe Burrow is going to be sacked in the first three seconds. Free agency changed that a little bit. And then looking at the depth of the offensive linemen in the draft, like I said, Alex Leatherwood, I have him going 31 to Baltimore. He could fall to the second round. And the Bengals have 38 since they're the fifth pick in the second round. Who doesn't say that they pick up Alex Leatherwood Or try to trade back up into the first round if one of these tackles fall. That as well. I mean, the 38 pick holds value because we we saw it's basically a second like a like a late first round pick. Yeah, it's really not that much. That's where that's around where the Broncos drafted Drew Locke. It's around where they drafted Dalton Reisner, Justin Simmons. Um and, and the yes, the first-round picks are important, especially in the NFL, probably more important than any other of the sports. But NFL also has a lot of guys in the second, third round that you start seeing come through. Austin Eckler, I'll, I'll say it. I always try, I try and throw it out there because I play with him at Western. Austin Eckler is an undrafted free agent, and he just got his ass paid in Los Angeles, and, and he is now the number one running back in that system along with Justin Herbert. So, like, there's guys that you can find. You don't find Jamar Chase's all that often later on in the draft. Jamar Chase is going to go top five, in my opinion, because he is a true top five talent. So if I was he's picking for top, the Bengals, he's a top three talent. Yeah, truly, he's a top he's top two player in this draft. Like we said, argue Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, back and forth. But 
if I was picking for the Bengals and I had your ability there, I would also pick Jamar Chase. Man, how about that, man? That is a big switch up. Yeah, I would. I mean, I, I'll tune into Bengals games if, if if I see Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow connection, and constantly. to watch and to see the new uniforms, and to see the new those icy whites, bro. I am, I may have to get an icy white. I I I've been saying it, but I'm trying to up, get more jerseys yeah. along in my collection, so I may have to do that. I'm gonna. Try and talk my mom into getting NFL Sunday ticket, so at least I can live tweet every Bengals game. And I'm gonna, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna drag your ass over to my house, and, and we're gonna sit there and watch a Bengals game and color cast a Bengals. Oh, game. we'll definitely be watching that whatever week matchup the Broncos play the Bengals. Well, uh, yeah, I kind of want to see that in person. Person, though, yeah, that's because true. I have tickets, you have tickets. At some some semblance, we're gonna get we'll, to that. We'll game. be there. Yep. Um, but now let's talk about the Broncos pick at number nine. The way everything landed, you had. In two picks previous, so that's how we tried to make this as fair as possible. We had the two picks leading into the other guy's p- team's pick. Um, with those two picks leading into the Bengals, I went Trey Lance and Kyle Pitts, which I really think could, could that's happen. a very good possibility that happens. For your picks, you had 7-8 Detroit and Carolina going into the nine pick. At seven, you have Devontae Smith because I had Miami draft Jalen Waddle. Um, we I, said Lions need a receiver. Badly. Yeah, it's going to be Devontae yeah. Smith or Jalen Waddle, one of the Alabama receivers. That's who the Lions are going to pick at seven. At eight, you went Penny Sewell with Justin Fields on the board. I, I, I'm, I still think for some reason that the Panthers are not sold on a quarterback this year. I think there's a reason why they traded for Sam Darnold. I think they have a little bit of buffer zone. I think that rule to... also came out a couple weeks ago and said that the fact that all these – Peter King in his Monday morning quarterback had a coach that was a middle-aged coach, which would, in his mind, was like 35 to 45. Matt Rule happens to be 42, and he's a younger coach, and he's like, all these GMs and coaches blowing up these quarterbacks that are top five picks that aren't really top five talents are just insane. And Matt Rule is really the only coach that I can think of that's in the situation where he can say that because he has Teddy Two Gloves. And he also has Darnold, so he's got some flexibility. Yeah, you just throw in another quarterback in the situation, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. If they didn't trade for Darnold, then uh, they, I think they'd take a quarterback here. But they did. They're giving those two guys a shot to run their offense, bringing back a healthy Christian McCaffrey. I think that makes sense. Getting a Penny Sewell, who is a top-five talent in this draft, and we're, and take this with a grain of salt because – the reason why we're saying they're top five talent because some of these quarterbacks are not top five talent. They're just there's a need for a quarterback position, so that's why people are drafting them this high. Yeah. And getting Sewell at number eight to secure your left side or your right side of the line, I think that's perfect for Christian McCaffrey and whoever you put a quarterback. Yeah. No, there, and there's a big possibility that the Panthers go O line, O line, because Landon Dickerson's gonna be available in the second round of this draft. So if they get Penny Sewell there, they can still it's not to say that that's the only offensive lineman that they're gonna draft all 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 this year. So I say all of that, we talk about that to talk about my pick at number nine for Denver. With Justin Fields sitting there and the way that this fan base runs, listening to the local sports show. I don't think that they love one of these quarterbacks enough to trade up, say, with Detroit at number seven. But if Justin Fields or Trey Lance falls to them at number nine, and I'm just going to leave it at Justin Fields and Trey Lance, not Mac Jones. No, Mac, Mac, Mac Jones will be there at nine probably. Yeah, I, I, and I hopefully, wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't draft him at smart. number nine. Or not drafting him at the hell. Sure, hell, not drafting him at three. No, that would be just stupid anyways. If Justin Fields or Trey Lance falls to them at nine, George Payton would get – Rocks thrown through his windows if he didn't at least because because they've drafted they've drafted other positions with quarterbacks 
Josh Allen. Josh Allen's going to be the ghost that haunts this team until they find their next And it's not a slight to Bradley Chubb. No. Because no. Bradley Chubb is an all-pro guy and a pro bowler. It's just because we had, uh, I think it was, we had Simeon and we had Paxton Lynch at that time. Yeah. That was the year after we won the Super Bowl, or second year after, sorry. It's the, 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 the year after we won the Super The year after the year after we won the Super Bowl. Yes. Is. Wow, that, that time was terrible. It was the first year that you guys would go under 500 and miss the playoffs. Yep, and at the five pick, they're the option there. I mean, look, Bradley Chubb. If, if it was Bra- two years after you won the Super Bowl. Yeah, two years after. Yeah, if Bradley Chubb is continues to be where he is, he is going to be a great Denver Bronco. Mm-hmm. But football is dependent on the quarterback position, and if you don't have a good quarterback and you don't have a stable quarterback, you're not going to be winning any Super Bowl soon. And no. for the Broncos organization that is known for its winning, maybe not recently, but in the 16-game era. Unfortunately, we're at 17 now. But in the 16-game era, the Broncos are, had the third-best record of all time in that. And for, a te- for an organization that's known for that, getting a quarterback that – if you, ha- you have a quarterback on your roster right now that has to have competition, then he's not it. Then he's not it. If Drew Locke has to have competition be pushed to be better, then he's not it. If for some reason the Broncos – are able to trade for a guy like um, Teddy Bridgewater, and because that's the rumor, some of the rumors going out that because because what do you George think of the Jordan Love rumors that they're possibly know. in the trade sweepstakes? I don't understand that because they draft the Packers drafted him for a reason. I think they 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 obviously see something in him. So I don't I Would don't you know. Would be okay with him getting traded to the Broncos? I don't I, I don't think he wins the job. No, but he doesn't not. win the job. I think Justin Fields can win the job. But the thing about Jordan Love is he was drafted in the first round, so he's got that fifth-year option. Like uh, It's similar to what I said when, when they draft Justin Fields here. If Drew Locke isn't going to cement himself as your franchise quarterback for the next 15 years, you're, you're, you might as well have a guy that you're going to get the opportunity to have four years to develop with plus that fifth year if you get to that point. Well, the way I see it, the Broncos, you either draft a, you either draft a quarterback – or you get a veteran guy. You do not trade for another guy that's either one year removed from Drew Lock or in the same draft class. Yeah. That just doesn't make sense to me. Like you're you're getting this. You're saying Drew Lock, I'm gonna give you a guy in your same draft class or a year older, one year older. It really that doesn't shows make sense what to me. you think about Drew Lock that you don't think he's good enough to win the starting like he, job over at someone that point. On level, you don't. Yeah. You're you're almost rigging the competition so that he loses at that point because exactly. if you bring in a quarterback that's similar or maybe below him, that's just you proving that you're not you don't think he's gonna be your quarterback for yeah, the next and, 15 and Fields years. I think can be a notch above. And, yeah. and and with the ninth pick, if he falls nine somehow, then I think that would be a dream. I mean, I would be much happier with Micah Parsons. Mm-hmm. That's the guy I want. That's the guy that I'd be very, very happy with. I was very happy last year because I wanted Judy to fall to us and Judy fell. And getting a guy like Micah Parsons, I think would secure your defense as a top five defense in the league. I think the Broncos would then be a team that be back to the Super Bowl days of the defense, not the offense. Don't get me wrong. The Super Bowl defense would be very, very similar of how it's structured with having good edge rushers, good corners, and guys over the top, and then guys having a good, solid foundation in the middle. Yeah, this would be more of an Orange Crush legendary Bronco defense than a no-fly zone legendary Bronco defense. Um, And Micah Parsons, when I drafted Justin Fields, Micah Parsons was on the board. And it does make a lot of sense because you have two linebackers right now in Alexander Johnson and Josie Jewell that if it were 1990, those would be your two best linebackers in the league. They are damn – yeah, they are, they are downhill guys. They stuff the run. And they – Josie Jewell is not very fast. I think he ran like a 5-3 at the combine in, in the 40. But he's quick and he's he diagnoses he's plays so quick, fast yeah. 
that it doesn't matter that he's slow as shit. He gets to the point of attack and he's able to stop stuff runs. Same with Alexander Johnson. He was great chasing down runs and everything. Liability in the pass game. Michael Parsons is not gonna be a liability. Six four, two fifty five, ran a four four three forty. Dude is legit just freaking nature. We saw what Levante David and, and Devin White did to Travis, Travis Kelsey. Kelsey yeah. Michael Parsons is as big as Travis Kelsey and he's about to do that same shit and then run down the field with him. So I it would be smart for them to pick Parsons. My only thing is the Broncos fan base is lethal sometimes. We are no, I mean we're not Philadelphia lethal. No, we are lethal. No, you're not Philadelphia. Nobody's Philadelphia lethal. Yeah, they're going to be coming after my head after I pick Mac Jones for them. Well, let's talk about that. Mac Jones at 12 for Philadelphia. I don't think they're sold. I think they draft a quarterback no matter what this draft. At some point. At some point. I think they do. I think it's a surefire whether they do it late in the rounds. But if Mac if they see all the rumors that Mac Jones is a top 3 pick and he falls to them at 13, there's your Nick Foles. Yeah. Like, that's your Nick Foles right there. Well, he's more uh, he's more mobile than Nick Foles, actually. That's the funny thing. He ran a 4.7. I mean, it's not saying much. He ran a 4.740. He just doesn't look like an athlete. Yeah. And his name is McCorkle. Yep. That also adds Ooh, to the What? Of it. The, the birds are going to be quarterbacks by some dude named McCorkle. I can't really do a Philadelphia accent. It kind of just comes out as a New York Northeastern one, but... Really, if who I think that the Philadelphia Eagles want to draft, it's Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith. Yep, those are the two that they would really like to draft because we've seen. I think they have to trade up for that, though. They probably would, and I don't know why they traded out they traded, with Miami yeah. like they did. Like, but I don't, they, I don't have the details of that trade in front of me. But nothing that you got makes up for the fact that now you have a very small chance that you're going to get a receiver that you can actually use. Because they've missed on receivers the last two years. Arcega Whiteside two years ago and Jalen Rager last year at TCU passing on Justin Jefferson. Did you see the video of, that has come out about the Vikings in yeah. their draft room? George Payton, who was in that draft room, by the way. And the Philadelphia Eagles select Jalen or Jalen, yeah, Jalen Rager, receiver, TCU. <laughs> what the fuck? It's like, we're getting Justin Jefferson? Are you kidding me? We get Justin Jefferson? Okay. That was the quickest send in the card yeah, of all no, time. Yeah, no, don't even think about it. It's Justin Jefferson. That's who we're picking. Yeah, no, the Eagles, crazy to see how far you can fall after a Super Bowl championship. Yeah, that's true. Hey, at least they got a Super Bowl, I guess, out of it, right? Yeah. That's the only positive. And but now their coach is deciding who they're going to draft and who they want to bring in for free agency by playing rock, paper, scissors over Zoom. Hey, rock, paper, scissors. Maybe Mac Jones won the rock, paper, scissors against Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I I really just – I don't see anything good happening for them. I mean, yeah. Mac Jones, the more it's more than likely he'll be a Patriot. I mean, if he's a 49er, it's a damn shame. Yeah, that's, that's who I was going to have them pick. Is I, I didn't think that you were going to pick Jones at 12 for them. I was going to originally I, – I was going to pick Mac Jones with my New England pick. I ended up going Rayshon Slater because at 15, that's the wheelhouse for really good offensive linemen. And there's talk that Rayshon Slater might be better than Penny Sewell depending on what you like in your offensive linemen. I'll, I will say this. Penny Sewell is just a big person. You you haven't seen him in pads for so long that you forget he's six six three thirty, he's, uh, he's a, a mountain of a man. Yeah, the only thing with Rayshon Slayer that made me a little bit surprised was when you had the Chargers, at, at thirteen. I I thought maybe that made more sense. Yeah. I thought maybe Slayer you can put him right in right away, and that's your left tackle and quarterback of the future. It really, I mean, I I hesitated on it, and and I think I called it. This is one of the ones that I called an audible on. Um, my main thing was 
what are the two ways that you can try and keep up with the Chiefs? You can either get really good at defeating, at defending what they do well, or you can get really good at what they do well. I don't think one offensive tackle is going to get you to get your offense to the point where you're scoring with the Chiefs. So get the best edge rusher in the draft in Jalen Phillips from Miami. Put some pressure on Mahomes. Make him throw it laying out, like diving and throwing it 35 yards out of the end zone. Make him do that instead of drafting an offensive tackle with the hope that the rest of your offense is going to get good enough. Because really their offense outside of – uh, Mike, no, Keenan, Keenan, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Yeah, yeah, Keenan. Outside of Keenan Allen, really, they're they're not as explosive as you would like in the AFC West. Yeah, they they'd love for Waddle or or to Devontae Smith to fall too. Yeah, they would if they get one of those playmaker. And I just don't see Kadarius Tony getting drafted this early, but Kadarius Tony honestly fits pretty well and would give them the offensive spark that they're kind of looking for. Kadarius Tony's just so small. I don't. And we talk about Devontae Smith being small. Kadarius Tony is a true, tried and true slot receiver. Yep. He's going to come in. He's not going to be competing for the outside spot. He's coming in. He's going to be in the middle of the field and a return specialist for you. Um, so I, that's why I kind of went the way that I did with Los Angeles. Any other, um, any other uh, teams that you feel like got a steal? Uh, if Pittsburgh gets Travis Etienne, that's that's something. Like, I mean, I think Etienne could be. He is the best running back in this draft in class. I think right up there with Najee Harris. Najee Harris yeah. can create a little bit more, but I think Etienne has a really has a lot of star potential because the Duke has wheels. No, he's he does, and he's uh, they already have one really fast running back. I believe his last name is Samuel. I I just watch you guys run all over the Bengals. I don't really pay attention to what's going on. Yep. But they do like having a lot of speed coming out of the backfield, and their offensive coordinator the last few years has been implementing more five receiver sets with a couple running backs in as the receiver positions. So it makes sense. I just, for me, the Steelers either draft defense or offensive line in the first round. That And they're always picking around 20 to 27 around that range. That's why they always pick offensive line or defense. So I don't know. I don't want them to get ETN. I want the Bengals to pick up ETN. And I don't want to have to play against Travis ETN for – the next a lot five more years. years, yeah. <laughs> I just don't want to deal with that. Um, but really, other than that, the Kadarius Tony to the Saints. I saw Kadarius Tony in the second round, but I mean, twenty-eight. That's basically the second. Yeah, yeah, and maybe. I think the Saints may try to reach a little bit. That that would be a little bit yeah. of a, because I don't know if Kadarius Tony is that next best receiver in the draft. I think Elijah Moore or maybe the Bateman, Rashad Bateman from Minnesota. That's really, I mean, if you get Kadarius Tony, you know what you're drafting him for. You're drafting him to be that special teams weapon and just the slot receiver that gets open in the middle of the field. So, and that's just, I mean, look, New Orleans has a lot of weapons. They just don't know what they're doing with the quarterback position. Yeah. I mean, so nobody adding, knows what they're doing with the quarterback. Adding position. Tony to to help out the load off of Michael Thomas that could help out a lot. Yeah, no pause on that. Um, and then Terrace Marshall going to Tampa, that would be just a huge – that would be a huge win. That would be similar to uh, Kansas City getting Clyde Edwards-Alaire a, a couple of years ago. That would be the magnitude of that pick. I really like that pick for Tampa Bay, and I'm hoping that it doesn't happen because I don't want to see Tom Brady win eight. Seven, hey, seven is too to much. Eight would just be ridiculous at that point. But that's uh, our FEOTB mock draft bonus episode. Far end of the bench bonus draft episode. It was a lot of fun. I mean, 
I like the concept that you came up with. You'll be able to see the first 10 picks on our YouTube channel, um, which should be coming out later today. This is Thursday if you're listening on demand. If it's Friday, go check out our first 10 picks on the YouTube channel. Um, and then be sure to follow us at FEOTB Pod because while you're listening to this Friday, I'll be reacting to what actually happened in the first round and whether or not Nico and I are stupid. And there's obviously going to be a lot of picks where we probably get not okay, even close. I think we're pretty close on the top 10. I think I think maybe there's a few slide adjustments, but I think we're pretty close to top 10. This this ain't my first mock draft that I've put That's on true. audio. It's my first mock draft. No, though, I know. So. I, I had the same exact amount of confidence in my first one that you have now. And the only one that I got right was um, none, actually. None in the top ten were right because Baker went number one. Bradley Chubb I, fell I, to five. I think I got number one right. I hope. Well, I mean, everybody. I'm actually, actually, you know, I still don't hope because I want him to be a Jet. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But be sure to follow us at FEOTB Pod. I always live tweet our episodes, at least the premieres, on the Unhinged Sports Network, unhingedsn.airtime.pro, which is Wednesdays from 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern. And then our big replay is Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern, Noontime Mountain, which is where we're located. Um, and be sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platforms. Leave a five-star rating and a review. If you leave five stars, whatever you write in the review, we will try and read on the podcast, depending on what it is. Um, but we want to get some more ratings and reviews in there to help bump up the show, get us a little bit more interaction on the different apps. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Far End of the Bench. Ring the notification bell so you're notified of every new video that comes up. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of great things coming up. We're just about to get into hockey and NBA playoffs, so it's not like this is slowing down after the NFL draft. It just it's, keeps revving up. just keeps rolling on. I'm looking forward to the dog days of summer where it's just baseball because, like we said a couple weeks ago on this show, we have not had an off season. No, we, we came back not. with the bubble sports. We went all the way through NFL season, and now we're almost on NHL and NBA, NBA playoffs, playoffs number yeah. two. Um, so yeah, also with the NHL and NBA playoffs coming up, we're going to be doing, trying to do a lot more color cast, but at least live tweeting the avalanche and nuggets games. I know Nico loves to live tweet the nuggets games. I love live tweeting the avalanche games. If you guys remember last season, I get a little bit intense with the And avalanche. I got overjoyed yeah. with the bubble, Jimmy. It was a tale of two cities. I was, uh, oh, my God, holy fuck, we're coming back. And Jimmy's like, holy fuck, what the fuck are we doing? We just gave up a goal lead in 36 seconds. What are you doing? Yeah, at FEOTB Pod. Our Twitter, our Twitter page is where we get a lot of our interaction, and we really enjoy it. Um, so be sure to check us out there. But I think that's it. I mean, I'm glad we did this bonus mock draft episode. Hopefully we're not too wrong and everything like that. But for that... It'll definitely be too wrong. Yeah, it's going to be too wrong. But for that, this has been the far end of the bench bonus NFL draft coverage for myself, Jimmy Pilato, my co-host, Nico Bryant. We will see you guys next Wednesday. Peace. When the night is cold and lonely This is a dollar bell was it the money that made me a savage? Popping them prices, I made it a habit. Towing them pistols and serving them addicts. That was exciting to me. I'm so excited to be. Started with nothing, we had to inspire to be. Now the physics ain't mad to me. I'm getting to it. Feel like the man, I got the plan. I call the shooters, they out with the van. Play with the squad, get piled like a sand. Piled like a perk, I'm going here. I'm going crazy, I'm yeah, who's sticking up for nigga. Let that move like I look a sand. I'm in the kitchen, compressing the bird. Take out a nine and I sell it for 30 to shred to the When the night is cold and lonely This is a dollar bell piece.
Was it the money that made me a savage? Popping them pipes and I made it a habit. Towing them pictures and serving them addicts. That was exciting to me. I'm so excited to be. Started with nothing, we had to inspire to be. Elephants are getting mad at me. I'm getting to it. Feel like the man. I got the plan. I got the shooters, they out with the van. Play with the squad, get piled like a sand. Piled like a perk. I'm going here. I'm going crazy. I'm sticking up for niggas. That music, I look a sand. I'm in the kitchen, compressing the bird. Take out a nine and I say,